1: And live from the Nasdaq market site overlooking New York's Times Square, this is Fast Money. And I'm Tyler Matheson in tonight for Melissa Lee. Our traders on the desk are Tim Seymour, Brian Kelly, Dan Nathan, Guy Adame. It was a Friday fade, folks. Wall Street closing out a turbulent week in the red. So what can you expect for your money in the week ahead? We will break out our crystal ball. Plus, hungry for opportunity? Investors continue to chow down on those food stocks. But will this binge session and badly nice oh nice right and it is mall madness time we're going to break down a few retail names that should be on your shopping list ahead of their earnings a lot of earnings next week in that sector but we begin with that wild week on wall street it all started with a monday market meltdown followed by a turnaround tuesday then more wild swings throughout the week and in the end stocks closed out the week in the red. So are the wild swings here to say stay Wild swings, wild things. And if they are, what guy is an investor like well, me? Well, first of to all, do? Tyler, hope you're here to Ray, stay. Ray, I am right, here to the, stay. The next
2: hour, Tyler Mackinson known will be for here, wild number swings. Number <laughs> wild Thing, of course, by the Troggs, one of their only songs. Oh, yeah. You remember that wild back in bang. your day, number
3: two. Or the name of a reliever. I think it was Mitch Williams coming out of the bullpen. Excellent point. He or was? Charlie oh, Sheen good. in right, Major nice League.
2: Now we're completely off the rails early. Great story. But at volatility, I believe the volatility is here to stay. I'm shocked. That the week wasn't worse. But I'll say this again, you weren't here Wednesday, but Wednesday was the turnaround day that I think everybody was hoping for on Tuesday. We got it on Wednesday. If nothing else, I'll reiterate this. The lows put in on Wednesday and a number of stocks in the S P five hundred specifically gives you something to trade on the long side against. With that said, next week is uh one of the potentially most dangerous weeks for stocks in quite some time. Why? Why? Yeah. We'll, think, well, we're going to talk about all the headwinds and all the macro things going on around the world. I want to save that. But I'll just say this. It's not a currency war. And Brian will back me up on this. What's going on is a currency crisis. War implies that somehow it can be controlled by the participants. Crisis means it's out of control. That's where we are, and if you want proof positive, the gold market is telling you everything you need to know. Yeah, it's. I mean, listen,
4: that's the thing that we talked about on Monday. Is this a currency war? Or is this a currency crisis? No matter what asset class you're investing in, that's what you have to answer. And we're quickly morphing into the crisis phase of it. We can avoid it. China can avoid it. But there's things that have to that have to go awfully right, and we've got a lot of things going awfully wrong. So you asked the question: Are we? Got, are we still in for this volatility? Absolutely, I think we're into this volatility until the election, because I think what the market's pricing in is the fact that we're going to have a trade war until the election. The equity
1: market is pricing that in. I think the bond market already priced it in months ago. I'm feeling very out of place because you guys, none of you guys have a jacket on, so I'm going to take my Yes, yes no. my yes, jacket yes, to be the music. One of the guys here, you know. I'm just going to yeah. look at the, the well hell with That's out there of here. There it is. Yes. is damn jacket. Beautiful. So listen, so, so Peter Navarro, just in the last hour, said says that uh, China deliberately devalued its currency 10% to offset the upcoming 10% tariffs. Uh, And if they do more, we will retaliate. We will not let it go unanswered. What is our answer?
5: Well, I think, you know, when we're talking about this volatility, part of it is there's not great messaging out of, uh, out of Washington. So, you know, the president says one thing in the morning. Larry Kudlow says st- something else in the afternoon. A tweet says something different. And it's really not helping it. We know that we are not going to devalue the dollar in, a, in any material way. We just don't have the mechanisms to do that. When you think about the Chinese, uh, you know, central bank, it is controlled by their polar bureaus controlled by their president for life. So, you know, we're playing a different game. There's a lot of people who think that we can really control the narrative of this sort of thing. I think, I think Tuesday showed us, or what was the day of the fixing? Was it Wednesday morning when it we was, saw that? It, it, was, it was
3: actually... Tuesday night, Tuesday when night. Fixing that had us down 600 yeah, points. I, I,
5: I just think that was just such a shot across the bow. I don't think it, it might have been manipulation. It wasn't a devalue. Uh, you know what I mean? And so at the end of the day, I think until we get the rhetoric
3: in, in a more um, sane place, I think this is going to go on for but, a bit. So sane is a good word for me to, to draw upon because if you think about where markets have been, I think we've been all over the map. And, if, you know, we're, we're, we're less than 100 in S&P points off of all-time highs. Um, if you think about where repositioning has gone on in terms of both volatility but more importantly bull bear expectations you often hear me talk about the AAII bull bear readings and i think they're important to understand really where the sentiment for investors is i think at this point sentiment is quite poor i'm not telling you there shouldn't be uh... concern out there but i do think we we've actually gotten to a place where people are very aware of global growth risk they're very aware of the trade front um, it's also very clear that the administration sees a market at all-time highs and it's often when they come out and shoot the gun. T- and I mean, obviously, but the guns real quickly, that are do you
5: really believe that sentiment's that poor? We just said how far we are off from the all-time highs. I think back to last September when we were—we had. Listen, there was a lot of trepidation about the Fed's uh, rate hiking policy and, and obviously about trade war and the market was making new highs on September 20th, 21st or something like that. Well, we went down 20% over the next two and a half months. And, you know, you can say that sentiment was just really complacent back then. The thing that makes me nervous, right? Tyler, we're up 16% on the S&P right now. And I think we're pretty complacent. I think sentiment is way too we're
1: positive. We're up 16% as that chart just showed year to date. But if you go back and look at where we were yep. a year ago, what are we up? three or four percent. That's right. It's not marginal. Maybe. We've we've gone absolutely nowhere. And it's because
4: every two weeks you have to reprice in a different scenario. And we've talked about this currency again. If you're thinking about what the president's doing, Dan talked about multiple different, multiple different messagings coming out. The most important thing right now is the U.S. dollar. If the U.S. dollar goes
3: higher, it's a global wrecking ball. So the government, the, the administration has to keep the U.S. dollar lower. The way I look at it is, and, and you know, you talk about this a lot. Dan Carter comes on and talks about it, but you could, the other side of that is, markets have done absolutely nothing. So the point is, with all the volatility in there, that's a terrible risk-adjusted trade. But you can make an argument that we're back to October of 2017 in terms of small caps. We're back to below January, or really at January 2018 in terms of the overall market, where you actually have seen earnings growth. We haven't been in an earnings contraction. R- rates are actually lower. You can make an, un- an argument that global central banks are the backstop that none of us here want to see theoretically, because we. No, it's, it's, a, it's a race to the bottom of nowhere. But for markets, it's a backstop. And for markets, reaching out the risk curve tells me that it's, it's not unbelievable to think that equities could go higher at, at some point. Kyle, can
2: economy. I just say one thing quickly? Sure. I mean, you mentioned this, but, you know, Mr. Navarro, who I'm sure is a brilliant man, much smarter really? than big I, f- which is big, not sad. I'm big fan of the show, by, by the way. He might be fan of smarter than new. New. Be I don't think he's a brilliant <laughs> man. Big fan but, of the, but, the show. But, he just said the Chinese no. are diva- You know, the Chinese have been currency manipulators, except that they've been propping their currency higher for the last 18 months. Yes.
1: Isn't that the manipulation? Isn't that equally? Whoa,
2: whoa. Yes, except that other people will say they're manipulating it lower. So... Yes, they, they've been trying to play nice in the sandbox right. for the last two years. Right. Now they're saying, you know what, maybe we don't need to play as nice. That's problematic. And let's be
3: clear, and, and I don't want to segue into our next segment, but we're kind of getting there. If we are think, getting there. If <laughs> you think that, that, that China is going to mess around with their currency when they've spent the last 10 years trying to engineer themselves into a global reserve currency and settlement of commodities and, and you know, SDR, uh, greater weighting, and MSCI weightings, they're not going to. Um, they're not going to. But they, they, so they I, may yeah, I, They may
4: not want to, but that's the key point. We know that China
3: needs U.S.
4: dollars. We know they've had three banks that have gone under and have now been nationalized. We know that they need dollars to run their economy. They're short of dollars. So that's why this currency war can quickly slip into a crisis. And that's where you start to get the knock-on
1: effects. Let's move on to some really scary stuff, shall we? Let's, let's do, do it. that. it's it. it. really? really. Why not? Really why not? Really Wrapping up a wild week for the markets here in the U.S., and there could be some major global threats on the horizon. Three international hotspots on our radar that you need to watch this weekend, folks. First is Hong Kong. Anti-government protests escalating today. Demonstrators uh, over there packed Hong Kong's international airport. Many of them were dressed all in black wearing masks. Second, Italy. The government there on the brink of collapse... I'm a little cynical here. What else is new? It (laughs) has happened a few times, ladies and gentlemen. The Italian prime minister now facing a confidence vote as fresh elections there loom. And third, of course, is Iran. The tensions there continue to rise along the oil strategic strait of Hormuz. So let's talk about how investors should navigate this, starting with Hong Kong which yesterday Steve Eisman on our air said was the one, and Eisman being the guy who foretold the, the market yep. uh, mm-hmm. uh, break back a decade yep. ago, said that, that Hong Kong is the thing that worries him to death.
2: He should, because the PLA, the People's Liberation Army, is the largest militarized force in the world. And God forbid something happens there, then it's a, then it's a bilateral agreement here in the United States that so we can't do anything going forward with the Chinese. This situation with China gets worse. And I think it really probably strengthens the U.S. dollar more, which President Trump doesn't want, and it weakens our, our U.S. stock market more. So. God forbid something will happen there and it appears as though something may. That, to me, is the worst of the I, three. I
6: think the key
4: for Hong Kong is what you saw as the chief executive, Carrie Lam, came out and said today, these protests are hurting the economy and we're going to have to take bold actions. When you hear a government official, whether it be a central banker, a finance minister or the C- chief executive, that means something big is coming, right? That's that, that's government talk for we are going to do something. So is it going to be some sort of forceful squashing of the protesters? Or is it going to be something that they do with the currency? Maybe the Hong Kong dollar moves and breaks a
3: peg over the next week or so. But if you think about the, the, the geopolitical side of this, and obviously as it relates to the big forces out there, um, U.S. and China, China is accusing, if you read the China Daily, you read all the state media sources, they basically think that the U.S. They're is accusing the U.S. of doing This is U.S. foment, and this is all coordinated since the trade war ratcheted up. And if you want to believe that, obviously that is only driving a bigger wage. By the way, you know, this is something that is not uncommon for the administration, not just this administration, but others. I mean, think about the role we've played in Russia where we've gone into their backyard. And I'm not saying we're doing this in Hong Kong. I'm telling you, if you want to really get the ire up of some of the biggest geopolitical forces in the world, you go into their backyard where they think it's their sphere of influence and you start playing politics. And frankly, that is something that at least the Chinese are accusing the U.S. of doing, and it's not going to help the trade. I
1: know I need to worry about Hong Kong. I know I need to worry about uh, Iran. Do I need to worry about Italy? No. I mean, listen, I think, I think
5: 2011, 12, 13 told us you do not have to worry about Southern Europe. I mean, listen, we've been talking about this all the time. Just look at European banks. They've been telling you that Europe has been in a constant state of financial crisis since our crisis 10 years ago. Look at all the negative Shouldn't yielding you worry sovereign I mean, debt. That, well, what I'm saying,
3: well, what I'm saying is. The, the, banking, the banks are being destroyed, and I agree with that. I know, but with, I mean, with, with negative yields, you can't support a banking system when the banks are being crushed. I think the point is we're all kind of giggling that we change our socks um, more than, or, or Italy changes governments more than we change our socks other than Brian. Um, but I mean, I think you have a case here. Just to Just be kidding. clear, I don't wear socks. It's not that I don't change my socks. <laughs> socks. I it's don't true. wear socks.
1: It's true. He Exactly. So let's not go to, worried let's, about let's, let's, talk, let's pivot now and talk a little bit about Brexit, which is the pound getting pounded on growing fears that uh, the UK could leave the EU without a deal. So what is next for Sterling? Carter Worth is here, the chart master. Take us through the pounded pound.
6: It it sure is pounded, Tyler, And, and I don't think the pounding's quite finished, but let's draw some lines. So here's a chart. Last three years, no judgments, annotations by me or anybody, but I think certainly you could say this. In 2018, you had a virtually perfect double top. You also, of course, have a virtual perfect trend line and a break in trend. There's no way around that. It all happened. Let's get rid of the minor, and look at more intermediate or major setups. Same chart. And what we know, of course, is that having worked itself into the apex of this formation, we have now finally broken. So that reference point has also come and gone. Next reference point is the lows of 2016. Closed today at uh, one spot 203. That's about 118. And I think it's just a foregone conclusion that we get at a minimum uh, to that level. Now, the really big level, of course, is the all-time epic low. So here's the minor formation that we just looked at. Do we get to that low? I would think so. But this is the Plaza Accord, right, when the world got together, the week in the dollar. What was it? Uh, Pound was, of course, uh, the reciprocal. That's basically parity. That's a, per pound, per dollar. Can we head there? Why not?
1: Pounded like a nice veal milanese. How, oh, how, oh, yeah. how do I trade it? How do I traded. trade
3: it for dinner? Boom. So, look, here's what I'd say. I, I think people don't think about the U.K. as being a pivotal economy for the world. However, um, if you think about what we were... Uh, all talking about in the summer of 2011 is ultimately that uh, the beggar-thy-neighbor approach to uh, how European politics are playing out is something that, that really probably leads to more protectionism rather than less. Um, if you look at FTSE stocks, uh, who have actually, I think, ultimately historically benefited from a weaker pound sterling with a 5% dividend yield, I actually think that they're very cheap at this level. Um, I realize that it's not a very exciting place to be investing when you've got heavy banks, a few industrials in there. but the British economy contracting. Yeah, right. but, Contracting. But, right. but but the stocks have pulled back almost 10% in the last But month. don't you think the biggest takeaway,
5: it's kind of not too different than what we've seen here across Europe. You've seen this kind of right-leaning populist movement. It's it's very nationalistic, and we're seeing that being played out in these different economies. We're seeing it in ours. It's one of the reasons why we are now all of a sudden starting to contemplate this global, synchronized slowdown, and now you're seeing this race to the bottom as far as yields are concerned. And my, I guess my only point, bring it back to the S&P 500. That's where we started this thing. What does this all mean for your money, I think there's a lot of complacency. You can put up any board you want with a lot of scary little things, Iran and Hong Kong. They're all proxy situations for other stuff that's going on, and I can't tell you in the last 10 years that I can remember a time where there were so many hot spots from a geopolitical standpoint, not just an economic standpoint.
1: Very fair point.
4: And if you look at it, right, you think around the world, okay, so what do I do with my money, right? I'm in Britain, I'm in Europe, I'm in Hong Kong, I'm in Asia. What do I do with my money? I can't buy any of those currencies, so what do I do? I buy gold, I buy U.S. Treasuries and I buy Bitcoin, and we've seen them all rise this and week. And U.S. equities, and, 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 and possibly you know, U.S. Uh, equities. There's, the, there's the, you know, there's a possibility. Yeah.
1: You yeah. know what scared me the most were those little eyebrows that Carter just drew over the top Pardon of the chart yeah. there. Those yeah, it's, were, a, it's, it's a, a, a double top, top eyebrows. The double top eyebrows. An emoji.
5: Tim's point, just, just, was just a, make it about the quality in U.S. equities because that is what you will see for a while until we see correlations correct go to one when we have some sort of global sort of sell-off across multiple risk assets.
1: It says. As we're just getting started here we're almost finished here on fast money Whoa. here's what's coming
3: up next it's mall madness we're gearing up for a big round of retail earnings how you could bag some discounts ahead of those reports but first where's my steak it's a full-blown food feast on wall street investors chowing down on food stocks but have they had their fill we're digging in We're live from the NASDAQ market site in New York's Times Square. More Fast Money right
5: after this.
0: Support for this program is provided by Chevron. Demand for energy is projected to continue rising in the future. To help keep up, Chevron is increasing their U.S. oil and gas production, and they're innovating to help do it responsibly across their operations, including their Gulf of Mexico facilities, which are some of the world's lowest carbon-intensity operations, helping supply energy that's affordable, reliable, and ever cleaner. That's energy in progress. Learn more at chevron.com slash meeting demand.
1: All right, welcome back to Fast Money. Wall Street's fast food feast continued today. McDonald's, Hershey, Tyson, Chipotle, all fresh. All-time highs in today's session. These names adding some tasty gains already baked in for the year. So what's driving the investor appetite for the food stocks. guys. You
2: know what? I'm not sure what it is. Maybe they're running their businesses better. Maybe people are going down the food chain, no pun intended. But i got to tell you, a couple stocks stick out. Tim's been on his McDonald's for a while. Chipotle, one person's gotten it right. Nicole Regan at Piper Jaffray. But the one we've been talking about here... For a while, is Shake Shack. Everybody says 110 times forward earnings, it's impossible to maintain this valuation. But you go back and look at the quarter, and their comps are up significantly year over year. They're doing everything right. There's still growth. And as Dan Nathan will tell you, Tyler, any stock that prints 88 is going to, Dan? A hunch. Yes, it is. That's silly. Wow. Well, I'll tell
4: you what. So we, we spent the first part of the show talking about all the hot spots, everything that's negative out here. The one positive thing we have seen here in the U.S. is average hourly earnings are going up. So Americans are making a little bit more money. The U.S. economy is still strong. So you want to stick with ones that are somewhat U.S. centric, which brings you to like a Chipotle Mexican grill. Now, it's already had a really good run. But if you're looking for some place to kind of hide out, the relative strength in that
3: is pretty impressive. The, the, the reasons this has happening, Tyler, to me, if you ask me, or a combination of the fact that digitalization, uh, their online, their loyalty programs are, are leading to, first of all, uh, higher ticket prices. Uh, they're getting actually a, a more loyal fan base or a more loyal customer. You have a dynamic where the guys talked about really who their consumer is and the consumer's actually doing better. Um, I think these are companies that if McDonald's, when McDonald's is growing six, seven percent in terms of their amazing, comp, that, that might as well be Amazon. Amazing. Uh, okay, and, and for this company, relative to itself, when it's actually changing and rehashing its image, when in fact, to me, this is one of the top global iconic brands, that explains why I'm willing to pay more for it, especially in a, a zero-rate environment. Doesn't the tech thing
5: kind of age out at some point? Look at Domino's. For a couple years, this thing was a massive outperformer. People were talking about all the improvements that they were making, obviously, on their and menu. And technology. We've seen that, and then it was also technology. And now you're seeing that earnings growth is massively decelerating. The stock is not doing what McDonald's or Shaq or these others are doing. I think it's down probably 20% from its recent highs and so some of that is it's just this is a stock trading mid 25 26 times growing all of a sudden at mid to low teens and then all of a sudden you say all right well you know we got that leverage we kind of move this thing forward i don't know i don't love the the tech theme i think it's i think it's transitory as the fed they're giving me a wrap which
3: you can get it 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 happen
1: quickly yes you can (laughs) all right up next our final trades Some fresh news just in, and you probably saw it down there at the bottom of the screen. North Korea has fired two unidentified projectiles. Of all the hot spots we just talked about, we did not mention North Korea, but it remains one to keep an eye on. Don't think that this isn't related to the trade war slash currency wars. We're interfering with Hong Kong. North
4: Korea is distracting us from what else is going on. So I don't think this is a coincidence.
1: You see it that way? 100%.
2: Hundred percent. And it happens on a, on a Friday when the markets close, gives you something to think about over the weekend. I'm going to be, you know, conspiracy theory, yes.
3: Because they're usually right, T. Having said that, I mean, think about the distraction that North Korea has been for market players. North Korea has been almost irrelevant every time we've thought about it as a geopolitical risk. I don't want to be uh, overly naive to the tensions that are in that part of the world, but um, this is not something I'm trading on. In fact, we this is the second headline like this this week. No, but hold on. That, it's a, it's, a, it's been...
5: another front, though, in this war that we are having with China that's going to go on for decades. That's really the point here. This is a multi-front war at this point. Would,
1: would, would Kim be doing this if he did did not have the tacit permission of Beijing?
4: No. No,
5: no that's the no, point. That's that's, no, that's, that's
4: exactly the point. So, you know, to Tim's More point, mischief. I don't think it's, a, it's not a catalyst that you're going to Monday morning make a trade on, but you need to be aware that we are in this kind of economic slash currency war.
1: These type of things happen. All right, folks. Let's go to our final trade, shall well, we? No, don't we like do that. that. Who's going to go like first Your well, it's Tim, it's Tim, Tim. It's it's says happens. Tim. Often what happens?
3: So often what happens? So I want to go back to McDonald's. I think Steve Easterbrook has done a phenomenal job not only growing U.S. comps but changing the image of this company. Digitizing. I stay in this trade despite this valuation. The valuation to me right now does not matter. BK. So I like to talk a lot about the dollar, but I'm going to talk about a different currency tonight. GLD.
5: You buy that one here. All right, sir. Yeah, stick around for OA. That's the show that comes up right after. Yeah, that's take right. You I'm going to be here. We're going to talk about Cisco. I actually think this is probably one of the most important earnings prints of this cycle right now. Yeah, at this point in the cycle, we're going to tell you how to play it. Got to stay tuned, sir.
2: I the the fact that you just threw that jacket off. I mean, that had to be a CNBC <laughs> first. It was. That was just and right. Rolled the sleeves right off, too. Rolled I mean, the sleeves. Right. Right. I made two friendship off. bracelets on. Stick another. around we, for we options action. I might stick around for OA action for that Amgen. We talked about it last night, T. While you were having the blue plate special there at Denny's, we were talking about Amgen.
1: And my final trade, where is she? It is Amanda Diaz. Yes. Is to she to she North here. Carolina. Get out to here. To North Carolina for future considerations. Get producer Get her producer, Amanda, on camera, where is she? There she yeah. is. Come on, you got to come the on. This is the last right. moment. Come there on. she is. One of the She's best. been one of the Fly, hardest workers at out out yeah. She has been toasted and roasted all week. We've loved having you with us. We wish you good luck. She is going on the Pursuit of Happiness tour to North Carolina. We wish her all the best. Gonna miss her. Have a great time. You will be much missed. That's it for Fast Money, but don't go anywhere because Options Action is next. Who knows
6: what I'll take off. How do you land your dream job? It starts by acing the interview. Learn exactly
4: what hiring managers are looking for with CNBC Make It's new career-boosting online
5: course. Get the limited-time offer. Register now at cnbcmakeit.com slash courses.